0: Everybody, it's me. Welcome to the Gateway Leadership Podcast. My name is David Canastracy. Excited about today's conversation today. Joining me in the studio is my pastor and our founding pastor, Dr. Emmanuel Canastracy, who came to a little tiny church on the corner of Carroll and Iowa Street <laughs> in Sunnyvale, California. Was it 1972 that you came? Yes, and 72. And you were you were actually originally not supposed to be pastoring them. You were a guest speaker, That's but right. then the 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 lead pastor of that church or the pastor at that time was a small church. He died. He went to heaven. And then they asked you what? What did they ask you?
1: <laughs> Will you come and they they asked me <laughs> If I would come and pastor, uh, it, and I said, oh, no, I, I, I won't do that. I travel, you know, to Indonesia and the Philippines. And, and, and then I made the mistake of talking to prophets and apostles. And they said, Manny, you should go there. You got to do have it. A I said, I am a
0: revivalist. Okay. And that's exactly what we're going to get into today. I want to come back to that. I also want to introduce Pastor Jordan. Most of you know Pastor Jordan, Young Adults Pastor, Reach Director, and I'm proud to call my son one of the great young preachers in our church. And uh, Jordan, it's good to have you. Good to be here. This Once again, this is... I always love being here. And so the topic today, what's really cool about being together today is exactly what Apostle C started talking about was the issue of revival and the Holy Spirit and all that. That's Apostle C. that's where you began. That's where you cut your teeth from your earliest days. We're in a conversation as a church called Deep and Wide. We're wanting to go deeper and wider with the Holy Spirit, deeper and wider with the Scripture, and the power of revival that comes when we have a high view of the Scripture and a high view of the present ministry of the Holy Spirit, both. So... Just a little bit about your past. I mean, you were, you've you never been a part of a dead church. You, you No, you I, were I raised to Bethesda Pentecostal Church long before
1: there was the movement called Latter Rain and the great restoration yeah. of laying on of hands and prophecy, gifts, and so on. Our church had all of that in the city of Chicago. Wow. And visions, dreams. How old were you? Prophecy. I was four and a half when I received the baptism of wow, the Holy Spirit. Wow! Wow! And uh, probably I couldn't spell
0: the word Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, but you remember that experience? I do. It was real. You couldn't fake that. And it, it...
1: you can't can't fake it. I can't.
0: I was weeping,
1: not for sadness. I was weeping for joy. <laughs> Can you imagine weeping? A four and a half year old kid weeping. Being so touched. And by I God. bothered my dad, who was a teaching a guitar lesson to a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he told me to get out of here, Pee Wee. And I said, I I want to pray. He said, we'll pray when I'm done with my students. But I came back in and I said, Dad, I want to pray. I don't know why mm-hmm. I did that, but I did. And he stopped, called Samson, Daniel, your dad, Daniel, yep. Abraham, uh, Martha, Mary, Ruth. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. called all nine Candace Tracy children said, Pee Wee wants to pray. Did I get the look? The same look that uh, <laughs> Joseph must have got. But anyway, when I knelt down to pray with the rest of the eight, Canna Stracy, the Holy Spirit wow. came in, wow. filled me. I began to speak in other tongues. Samson was next. Your dad was third. Wow. Abraham was fourth. And all
0: nine. Laying on the cause. linoleum. speaking in another tongue. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, some people say, Well, that's not for me. I've never had that experience, or uh, you know, that's not my gift. I hear that sometimes too. People say, yeah. Well, it's not my gift to speak in tongues. Mm. What do you say? Is there a is there a P is there an element of speaking in tongues, experiencing the Holy Spirit that is for everybody?
1: Well, t- tongues comes with It's just like when I buy a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. Of course, now you don't even see it. I never looked at the tongues when I bought a pair of (laughs) shoes. (laughs) Uh, Do you all look at tongues? It's included. (laughs) (laughs) It it comes in the package. Oh, okay. He said, tarry until you be endued with power. Right. Now, we didn't say, God, I want A, B, C, D, E. We tarried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, it wasn't ours. It wasn't 10 days in the upper room. For me, it was about a half hour. Mm. And with the Holy Spirit coming in, there was a language that I'd never learned.
0: And that's different than, let's say, tongues and interpretation. If you're in a church service, somebody gives a tongue and somebody interprets that, that's like a a prophecy. This is more like a prayer language. You received your Beautiful prayer. He that
1: speaks in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto man, but unto but God. Unto God. That's what tongues he said. are not. Yeah. Uh for the people right. that are not baptized right. devotional tongues. Right.
0: right. Right. Yeah. And that's and that I think people get caught in that. So they take themselves out of an an experience. But see, you were four years old, five years old. Nobody nobody could explain it to you. You had a real experience with the holy spirit and that is so and, and you know David
1: do you know who got filled with the spirit John the Baptist mm-hmm. in his mother's womb he said he was filled with that's the spirit that's what it says Mary got the greetings from Elizabeth and she got filled with the holy spirit mm-hmm. now Jesus the man Jesus mm-hmm. the human Jesus he got baptized in water. He tried. He, uh, he tried. Uh, the baptizer, John the Baptist, didn't want to do it. Right. He said, you're God. You're right. Jesus. Don't baptize you. me. Yeah. No, but Jesus emptied himself of his deity for a period of time because he couldn't die as God. Right. He died as a man. Mm-hmm. But when he was baptized in water, a dove sat upon him and he, Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, the exciting thing. I want everyone listening to hear the same Holy Spirit Mm. that filled Jesus, Mary, John the Baptist, and all the disciples, 120, and then the (laughs) 3,000, that same Spirit. They all received. Everybody received.
0: Everybody received. And then Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, on that day, when everybody received. 3,000. Right. And he said, for this promise is for you. And your children, yeah, and your children's children, and to all those who are afar off, as many as God shall call. And He was talking about yeah. that experience with the Holy Spirit. It's not there is a gift of there is a gift of tongues that is it is different than the prayer language. So it's we say it's available to everybody. Amen. It's not required for anybody. You know uh,
1: the great the great preacher who went to Argentina the woman that prophesied over him, Tommy Hicks Mm -hmm. same woman prophesied over me said you will go to Argentina and you will get the keys to that city and there will be blind eyes open deaf ears on top Tom, he was a hick his name was Tommy Hicks (laughs) and he was a hick from the sticks, (laughs) I didn't really think he was a great preacher but he had a great baptism of the holy spirit you when you went Tom,
0: there you knew tommy hickson heard him i knew
1: tommy hickson person wow. and, the, and the, the story is he he didn't have any money and he wasn't a great preacher <laughs> but the prophet uh i know her name and uh, she was coming to our church kind of as an associate.
0: Was it Constance Clotes? Constant Clotes. How did you know that? Because uh, I've heard this story
1: before. Oh, oh. Conf- <laughs> Confidence Clotes prophesied that he would get the keys. Wow. Uh, he wanted to go see the president. Wow. And they said, we're in, you know, we're in a, a lockdown. Nobody can see the president. There were tanks and guns and riflemen and machine guns. Revolution. And it was revolution. Mm. And he said, I've got to go see the president. And the guard had the gun on him. And he said, you can't go a step further. He said, I see you're crippled. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Wow. And the guard was healed.
2: Oh my God! And in
1: t- 10 minutes, he was in the office of the... P- <laughs> That'll do it. That's called a door open. <laughs> That's and, a d- and in order to get to see the president... The secretary said, "You can't just come in here and see the president. There's people from all over the world. Uh, th- why do you? Oh, by the way, you have a certain disease, and he named the disease. Wow! And he just touched her on the head, and she was healed. He got in uh, to the to the great. Remember the the, the singer, the great singer, uh, uh, his wife." <laughs> uh, they were in their office, and he said, why have you come here? And he said, I've come for you to receive Jesus Christ into your heart. The Lord told me to come. And in 10 minutes, he was kneeling on his knees. The dictator, the president wow. of Argentina, received Jesus Christ, and then said "The to Tommy Hicks, I'm going to give you the keys, just like the prophet, the keys to the city. You can have the stadium, you can preach. Wow!
0: And and that's how the revival in Argentina. That's started. how the revival. The touch of the Holy Spirit and and God. You, but it's not all tongues. And people will say, "Well, all you care about is tongues. You're charismatics, a Pentecostals." But actually, the most important side of the Holy Spirit subject is our relationship with the Holy Spirit, our that's intimate right. intimate friendship with the holy spirit and, how has how has your relationship with the holy spirit unfolded you were 6 years old 5 years old what is it like you've been 72 years preaching the gospel and all those years ago you're 89 today and turning 89 that was 85 years ago then that you received the yeah. holy spirit. that's wow. a, how it's, how has your friendship
1: well the the friendship of the holy spirit is for everybody because he talks Mm. He leads, mm. he guides, he cautions, mm-hmm. he warns, mm-hmm. he even rebukes. So, uh, the uh, wonderful yeah. thing about the Holy Spirit
2: mm-hmm. is
1: not feelings; mm. it's how you are led. Yeah, how he assists. Wow! And uh, it's just it—it's not a feeling. It's not just to get uh, the chills and feel good. It is what is going to lead and guide you to become what God mm. wants you. And already before you were born, I read today, not even knowing I was coming today, I read the first chapter of Jeremiah. He was three years old. Oh uh, yeah. He was, he was actually called in his mother's womb. Mm. And you know what God said? Before there was any. Moon, stars, and the planet, as you know, so to speak. Right. I knew you. That's right. And I called you. Mm. And think about that. That's amazing. And the yeah. Holy Spirit came upon Jeremiah, and he prophesied, and his prophecies worked. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Mm. It's yeah. it gives assurance, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit.
2: Yeah. And if, you you said something that. I don't think a lot of people a lot of people think about and it was really powerful that I want to bring. What you just said, basically that you know your relationship with the Holy Spirit, it, that feeling is not the most important thing. Leading the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's so impactful, I think, especially on on probably my generation and, and younger, Because we are a feelings people, Mm, sure (laughs) we are. We are feelings, and it's so. I think that sometimes there can even come like shame for young people, or a feeling of uh, fraudulence if they don't feel something. You know, like if they're in a church service and we're raising our hands, and they see other people having this experience, and they don't feel it, and and they assume that this,
0: they assume this person's having an amazing experience, unlike their own experience which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, they
2: measure they measure how well they're doing or how good their relationship with God is going based on how much they're feeling. And uh, you know, I so one of my questions I guess is when you're developing your relationship with the Holy Spirit, how do you get led by him? Mm. How did you learn how to be led to feel his promptings to hear the voice you know, if someone's, if, if a young person's listening right now, how do they get closer to mm. a a led relationship? Great well, question. Y-
1: y- you know, uh, speaking as a young child, children are copycats. Just just getting the baptism or getting filled with the Spirit is not a copycat. It's a thing that suddenly you have a desire. Mm-hmm. Hmm you feel empty or you feel need something added Mm -hmm. and and the the total thing that you need is for the holy spirit to come and take residence in you yeah not just a one-time experience he's there he he abides Mm -hmm. and and that desire comes from god yeah you know jeremiah didn't think at at two or three years of age, he's going to be a prophet. But there was a desire. Yeah, And uh, he tried to argue, I'm a young man, I don't have this, I don't have that. But there was a desire. Mm. And, he, and, and the thing is, God puts a desire. I saw a blind eye open. I said, I want to have that power. Then mm. I read these signs will follow them that believe. My name, they shall cast out the devil. The lame shall walk, the blind shall see, the deaf shall hear. Right. Even the dead shall be raised. I want that. Yeah. I don't want to show off. I want that. Mm. And why can't it happen if I have received the Holy Spirit? It is not by might and power, but by the Spirit. And I do have the Spirit. Right. And He has me. And so I started testing. A guy was hitchhiking. I picked him up. I was really too young to drive. I was only 16, but I started preaching. And I picked him up said, put your cigarette out and sit in the back seat. I don't want you smoking in my holy car. <laughs> and I said, where, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Pano. Well, I said, I can only go as far as Richmond. But I said, the reason I picked you up is I want to tell you Jesus loves you. And Jesus died on the cross to save you. Mm. He said, well, I just got out of jail today. And I'm going home to see my grandfathers dying. And uh, I said, then I'll take you all the way to Pino. And he said, would you come and pray for him? I wow. said, well, I don't know him. And well, he's got set, had seven successive strokes. Wow. He is in a coma. He's dying. I said, I'll come and pray for him. But I saw a crucifix and the sign that they were Catholics. And I thought, oh, God, I picked the wrong house. But anyway, I walked in there and the mother said, who is he? He's a little preacher. And he come to heal grandpa. And she said, have at it.
0: (laughs) No pressure, right?
1: So I didn't know what to do. I just practiced what the Bible said. How old were you? I was 60. Oh, my goodness. And I lay hand upon an old man, cold, body cold, seven successive strokes. And as a Pentecostal kid, we have a a, a habit of saying, Mm. can you say amen? Or can you say praise the Mm -hmm. Lord? I know a lot of churches don't want anybody to tell them. So I just said, (laughs) pop, can you say praise the Lord? His eyes open. His mouth open, and he said, praise the Lord. Ah! Wow. This, the mother screamed. <laughs> the, the wife screamed. Everybody screaming. Oh Everybody goodness. screamed. Ten people in the house. The daughters jerked the covers off of him and pulled him out of bed. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's only been a minute. said, he's going to walk. It was as much their fate Mm-hmm. in a sense is mine yeah. because i didn't think he was ready to walk and he had the button down uh underwears it, it, you don't know what they were but you but and it fell down and they were dragging him <laughs> and so i got in there and i said pop stand up and walk in jesus name he stood up and walked wow god healed him the whole family got saved wow. and joined our church <laughs> wow. you you got to practice What the Bible said: These signs will follow them that believe. He didn't say you got to hear an audible voice, you got to see a vision of Jesus. No,
0: these signs will follow them that believe. So, and when you hear those stories, and this goes back to what you were saying, Jordan, when you hear those stories, there should be a desire. Yeah, that's not not like comparing, like you know, woe is me, or the Bible says we're not wise to compare, but if a testimony of the Holy Spirit doing something or the work of the Holy Spirit in another person's life, if it inspires a young person not to be full of self-pity and introspection, of, but if it inspires them to become desperate, yeah, to say, God, I want you, then that's we need to push them in that direction. Go for it, man, yeah. fast. Cry out to God. Because we're always trying to calm people down, and what they need to do is like get all in.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, for, for a lot of people, I, I listen to that amazing story and it's kind of like, you know, there were probably pr- plenty of moments that you could have felt insecure or afraid or what if this doesn't, but something that I'm picking out of that story is that your, your desire has to be greater than your fear or right. greater than your insecurity. Right, not right. that we're not gonna have insecurities. That's called desperation. Right, right. exactly, desperation. Yeah. You got not it. that we're not gonna be afraid or not gonna have those questions or feel insecure and adequate, but we gotta get to the place where we're like, I I do feel fear, but I want this more. That's not the more. focus, yeah. right. yes. I want this more than that. And, and what I also love about that story is there was a progression of there was a progression of small decisions to big decisions yeah. so first the first decision that the first leading that you had to follow was pick this guy up <laughs> you okay. didn't know where that was going to lead That's or what true. that was going to you didn't know that he just got out of nope. prison or mm-hmm. that his grandfather was dying or or that he was going to ask you to come in and and pray over his grandfather just just pick this guy up and if we don't listen to those small promptings we're not going to go for we're not going to see big things the happen the big stuff right so pick him up and then and then talk to him you know be bold with what you're saying and then you were going you had a place you were going you could
0: you could have got away
2: yeah you had so many opportunities <laughs> to say and and you did you said well i can only take you so far and then the the next big prompting was drive him to where he needs to go yeah and then go into his home just like that progression from from Listening to the small to the small promptings mm-hmm. to the big bold things that God's asking us to do.
0: And that was that's what you were asking him. yeah how do you get led right by the Holy Spirit? and it, it must be that it's one step at a time right and keep listening and keep obeying and follow that voice. I think a lot of people would have a prompting but say, well I, I that's just me or that's yeah. just my mind or I'm just you know, and we would close that prompting off, and that comes back to friendship with the Holy Spirit. You know what your friend's voice sounds like. Yeah. And it's not just tongues, and it's not just... It's really learning to be close enough to the Holy Spirit that you're recognizing that's you tugging on my shirt,
2: Lord. Right. And and you also said, Apostle C., that you tested it. You have to test it. So mm. even if you're wrong, you have to take those, those steps so that you can figure out you know how to how to hear God's voice because sometimes you will hear something and it might be your own thought and so you take a step and that wasn't right and so you but yeah. instead of feeling down on yourself you go okay I'm learning how to recognize God's voice versus my own thoughts amen yeah
1: and you have to understand wow. Jesus said when the disciples went out and started practicing what he said for them to do, they came back rejoicing. Mm. And he said, don't rejoice mm. over because the demons you touched that somebody yeah. and they got healed. Rejoice that your name's written. Right. That yeah. you have an intimate relationship with me and the Holy Spirit. That's mm. what you should rejoice. That's yeah, so good. Be happy that the person's yes. healed. But don't take credit for it. Don't, oh, look, I prayed for the man yeah, you did. But people are praying in all kinds of religions to gods and idols, and nothing happens. Yeah. We pray to Jesus, and something happens. Yeah. So what happens? He does it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit in you is the power that works in people. And you yeah. can't ever take the credit for it. Yeah. Because Jesus hates, hates two things, unthankfulness, unthankfulness, mm. And he loves thankfulness, mm-hmm. and he
0: loves humility. Mm-hmm. And hates pride. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, wow. Gosh. That's now,
0: you—okay, you. you okay, so all these years, I mean, we're talking decades. You could probably tell stories till the cow comes home uh, about God leading you and the miracles that you've seen. What are some of the highlights as you look back on your life? some of the great stories that just mean so much to you about how God led you and and maybe some miracles that that God has that
2: you have seen in your life. Maybe c- can I add on to that yeah. too just to, j- as you're as you're telling those stories because I'm thinking about you know you're talking about getting close to the Holy Spirit becoming a friend listening to his voice following his promptings. Did you did you get to a place where you felt a prompting, and you just were super confident about what was going to happen, or was it always like, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Uh,
1: so that you understand, nobody, only Jesus, only Jesus. Nobody that gets filled with the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit resides in him, and he doesn't stop his residence, but. You will have moments when you feel dry. Mm-hmm. you It's not a feeling thing where you will feel nothing good's going to happen. I remember right. when my wife mm-hmm. had polio. They brought a 14-year-old girl with polio in, and I had a bad moment that had to fire up so hot in that building, and I was sweating, mm. and I said, Where's the janitor? I was kind of getting cross. And I thought, there'll be no miracles today. And the <laughs> Lord said, so you didn't heal anybody yesterday.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it wasn't about your personality, was it? Yeah. Isn't it interesting. Wow.
2: Don't go anywhere. The Gateway Leadership Podcast is coming right back. That's really good. Okay. So the uh, the last question is on a different topic. It says, why are so many against prosperity in the gospel? Is prosperity something you believe in? That's
0: a really great question. Boy, my audience is really, they're thinkers. Yeah. yeah. So prosperity is a Bible word. Prosperity is uh, God is interested in us prospering but we have to define what that is. And that's where the wheels fall off of the traditional prosperity gospel, as we know it today in, you know, modern America, right? would be very different than the gospel that Jesus preached. You really have to bend over backwards and twist a lot of scriptures to get from the words of Jesus or from the words of Paul or from the words of the great prophets of the old Testament that God wants us all, for example, to drive a Cadillac, yeah, <laughs> or uh, you know have a home uh, paid for. Not that there's anything wrong with Cadillacs, and not that there's anything wrong with you know having your home paid for, whatever. But but there is a perverted prosperity message that should not eclipse the true biblical prosperity message. So for every you know for every counterfeit, there's a there's a real hmm. right. And there is a real message of blessing. Abraham's, God's promise to Abraham is, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the central purpose of God on the father of our faith, to bless you and make you a blessing. So hmm. if you're mad about God blessing people, that's, <laughs> there's something wrong. You're, you're, yeah. you're too easily upset. And uh, Jesus talked about what the blessed life is all about, the happy life, the blessed life, Mm. right? And Paul and uh, and John said, I I wish that your soul would prosper even. So there is a true prosperity message. And unfortunately, the word prosperity has been hijacked and twisted and manipulated by people who are excellent at separating other people from their money. Preachers Mm. who will drum up, schemes and ways of getting people to give in offerings by making extreme promises, what I call whoppers, telling whoppers, you know, to, uh, to their audience. You know, if you give uh, you know, Psalm 105 says, you know, give to the Lord. So give $105 or, yeah. you know, God's going to bless the thousand dollar gift or all those gimmicks. Those are gimmicks and people are sick of gimmicks. So that's yeah. why we don't do it at gateway. And uh, I think thankfully there's less and less of this going on in the body of Christ, but boy, you go back into the eighties and nineties and it's just come off the, it's come off the rails. Thankfully there's a generation today, your generation that's hungry for reality and not empty promises. They're sick of marketing and hype so they can spot it a mile away. The quickest way to right. lose a young audience is to hype them up and over promise and sound like you're marketing. So there's a lot of reasons why we don't do it, but yes, there's a real biblical message of blessing and prosperity, and God blesses obedience, and He blesses generosity, and He blesses honor, and there are a lot of things God blesses. But what the outcome is uh, for the pros- the false prosperity gospel is is too detailed, Cadillacs, and you know. Uh, vacations in Tahiti and all that. That Mm -hmm. doesn't really work when you're dealing with people in India, when you're dealing with people in Burma. I've been in the underground churches. I've I've hidden for my life in those places where there's poverty, where people didn't give you an offering of money. They gave you an offering of carrots or potatoes. Yeah. And that was what they had. And that was sacrifice, see? So, to be universally applicable, it's gotta be truly Christ centered and truly biblical. And unfortunately what we see in America today and in the past 20, 30 years, is a perversion of the true gospel.
2: Yeah. Is is the reason why, I mean, I don't know how often you hear people talking about, you know, the dangers of the prosperity gospel, or if or if there are people that have gone to Gateway that have said why are you talking so much about blessing or or whatever but do you think that part of the reason people get so upset is because um is because they fear a danger of of people who maybe don't have a lot of money hearing it and being angry with god or wondering if
0: sure there's all kinds of damage that there's all kinds of damage that's uh that's created by false messages and then the overreactions to anything that sounds maybe even remotely like a false. message. So you get a, you get a false message like uh, the false prosperity gospel and then somebody just says, God wants to bless you. And then (laughs)
2: they get triggered. (laughs) They get triggered, right.
0: They get triggered because they're thinking of that. But you know, communication is such that you've, you've got to really not impose on another person your fear but really listen to the words that they're saying. If, and if people at Gateway listen carefully to what I'm saying, they know it's healthy,
2: hmm.
0: and they know I'm not a prosperity um, yeah. prosperity gospel guy.
2: Yeah, it seems like there are a few of those trigger words that for some reason, because it, maybe there have been leaders in different churches or whatever that have taken concepts too far, or like anything can go out of balance, right? But right. it just seems like there are more and more of those things that especially young people would look at and they'd go oh that's not that's not the true gospel or or whatever y- even if it's a cornerstone you know
0: And I think we have this problem more now than at any other time in history and it's because of the internet Yeah the volume of material that is available to somebody sitting in their living room you know Right uh just noodling around on the internet you can find any number of opinions. Yeah. So we live in a world that's just impregnated by strong voices, big platforms, and they're all saying something different. So it's easy to get confused. You go back 2000 years ago to Paul's day and there really was only a false teacher and a true teacher. And that's a, you know, you, you you could, you could eat the watermelon and spit the seed pretty easy, eat the chicken and spit the bone pretty easily. Right there. The other thing I say is I love the Bereans in the book of Acts because they listened to Paul and then they checked their Bible to see if these things were true. Yeah. And instead of condemning the communicators, which were very fast to do because communicators are imperfect. They get I've said things that weren't correct in the pulpit. Of course I have. Yeah. And you know, you make mistakes. If you talk for a living, eventually you're going to say something dumb, you know, uh, and and people are going to hear (laughs) it. Right. And that's why, it, it it's so beautiful that the Bereans were more noble than others. They, they searched the scriptures, and that,
2: hmm.
0: rather than putting all the responsibility on the teachers and the superstars and the gurus, why don't we put the responsibility on the day-to-day believer to know their Bible and search these things out to see the right reaction to a question is not to condemn somebody. The right reaction to a question is to dig deeper and find the truth for yourself.
2: That's really good. That's really good.
0: So that story, I mean, that's one of your. That's one of the classic. And
1: That's why everyone that got the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, three chapters later, they got filled again.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So, so for some. And again,
1: and I, I, I got filled this morning in my devotions. Amen. I mean, get filled.
2: Yeah. The it's- Holy
1: Spirit doesn't leave <laughs> you, but it's a, it's an infilling. It's an expansion, as fresh, you call. Fresh. I want it all. Right. All that God has. But that doesn't mean that you're going to laugh all the time. Right. You're going to be on top all the time. You're going to be challenged. Mm. And Jesus warned you, there'll be devils after you. Mm-hmm. He wants to kill and steal and rob. And uh, you, you may lose your temper. Yeah. <laughs> you may uh, make a mistake. The Holy Spirit don't leave you. Aren't you glad He don't leave you? Yeah. Just because you're human,
2: it's also it's also a, a great uh, it's also a great thought and and a good confidence builder that um, in a moment where if I'm angry or upset or frustrated, I feel like sometimes in those moments that the Holy Spirit's like, well, then forget it and and you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're saying that you can say <laughs> you can have those frustrations, and and God's saying, "Well, it doesn't. It, it's my power isn't relying on what you're feeling." Mm-hmm. So that's so good. You referenced um, you referenced the story of your wife getting healed and kind of how you met her. But for someone who's listening and doesn't know that story, could you tell that story?
1: Yeah, I was uh, a young a young evangelist. Uh, she. She read an ad in the paper. You know, I was a kid, but I put an ad in the paper, bring <laughs> the sick to Sadea, Missouri, the, the, the high school. Bring the sick. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the cripple will walk. She was in three months in the hospital, actually in isolation uh, as they put polio. It's like the academic mm-hmm. that we're having now. And you were 16 and at thousands this time? thousands were have polio thousands had polio and she wasn't expected to live her brother was in one was in korea the other was uh, uh, in a another uh, country they flew them to her deathbed for she was supposed to die but she didn't die but she saw a paper and it said bring the sick mm. and she said mother take me to that meeting she didn't know me I didn't know them. Mm. And it was her faith as much as mine. Mm. She came, ushers had to hold her up, crippled. Her legs had shrunk two and a half inches. And I was in a bad mood because it was too hot. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. That is awesome. (laughs) And God just said, You didn't do it last night. (laughs) So I prayed for her and then had to do what. You have to do. Right. I said, take the crutches away from her, the brace, and let her walk. And I commanded her mother to stand at the back of the building and for her to walk. Well, that's crazy. She'll fall over and break her neck.
2: So you didn't have, you didn't have a sense when this was happening that this was any more of a significant moment for your life than, than any, anyone else that you prayed yeah. over.
1: And as she was walking back and forth till midnight— wow a, a voice somewhere in the ears of my heart said there's your wife and I said I rebuke you said <laughs> I'm not looking for a wife she's 14 years old wow wow but uh, I did t- she had a dream after several days of proving that she was healed her grandmother was angry she called the police because Shirley didn't come back from the meeting till midnight and at- No church is still going at midnight, but she was walking back and forth. It was fun, Wow! uh, back and forth. And the grandmother said, Shirley, you went to that Holy Roller meeting, you're you're, going to be crippled tomorrow. So tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. She got the measuring tape and showed her grandmother where her leg grew around, two and a half inches. My goodness. From the hips to the ankles. She was totally healed. And she had a dream the next day, and she said, "Mother, I dreamed I married that man. Now, she's fourteen. Mm. I dreamed I married that man." And Bernadine, you know Bernadine, my mother-in-law, she said, "Now, surely <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you just pray, and if that dream is from the Lord, you just let the Lord work, <laughs> and
2: that's some good advice. Somehow,
1: <laughs> some way, we're married. Yeah, sixty-six years. So Six,
0: sixty-six years, and." She walked all those decades. I mean, from that time on, she never went back to polio. She never, she was healed forever. That is an outstanding yeah. outstanding miracle. Polio's no joke. Yeah. I mean, that was one sick lady yeah. and the power of God. And touched it her.
1: appeared in several magazines. The story yeah. appeared in the daily newspapers. And she did come to every meeting within about a hundred miles hmm. with her mother, with the insurance company that paid the holy polio policy the doctor bills that lady got saved and her husband got saved Wow! and they wanted to come as eyewitnesses that she had polio and was dying and gave the testimony Mm -hmm. we are eyewitnesses this is my company that insured that and and anyway it's like God wants he said, "Let the redeemed the Lord say He wants us to give testimony mm-hmm. to His power, yeah. to His greatness, and love, and and don't take the credit. I mean, I got a wife out of this deal. <laughs> well, that's
2: a strong that's a strong first move. <laughs> that's yeah. a strong what first a great move. opening date, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Opening line: Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, good, and, and David, I remember move. you. Great move. The
1: first day of in our new building here
0: yeah you as lead
1: pastor yeah said will you surely come up and give your
0: testimony first day yeah yeah and she gave her testimony because we want to build this church on the power of god that's it and i mean we can't build the church jesus builds his church but we we want to give him room to build the church exactly as the church in the book of acts or even greater we always look back to acts but God wants us to look forward to even greater more glorious things. We look back on the sunrise. Yeah. But what about the full noon of God's glory and and his power and you know that's that brings me to the next area. Mm. I just want to I want to hear your thoughts about the whole idea of revival coming into the earth. Jordan's talking about hunger and desperation and and seeing an increase of God's power, that leads us to the topic of revival. What do you see ahead? It's 2021 as we make this podcast. What is next? What's coming? Is there a revival coming? Absolutely a revival
1: is coming, or the Bible throw it away. Wow. Because he said, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Mm. But then... He gave us signs of how near we are to the last days. Mm. We've had the worst fires, the worst floods, yep. the worst hurricanes, the worst tsunamis, wars. the worst fires, mm. the worst wars, the worst kidnappings, the worst murders. The wor- How worse can it get? Mm-hmm. We are living right in the climate for mm. the greatest move of God. Now, mm. if you read like I do, Revival because I'm a revivalist. Every revival in the Bible was preceded by disaster, by mm. murder, mm. by immorality. Mm. And, mm. and then they repented and a revival came. Mm. And, and, and that's what's going to happen. Millions are praying. Mm. Millions have confessed their failures and their sins and uh, their lukewarmness. Millions have gotten hot and on fire and refilled with the Holy Ghost. Devil is not going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Revival's coming to the degree that what I shared and what hundreds of other people have shared is nothing that what's going to happen. Jesus is going to present the church without spot, mm-hmm. without wrinkle or any such thing. Right. And then when you read the last book of Revelation, it's like he said, here they are, and the church, no cancer, no tumors, mm. no insanity, no bipolar, no kidneys. Do it. No. <laughs> there God's church before they're raptured is gonna be a display to the world.
2: Wow.
0: A glorious church. It's a glorious church. We believe in a glorious church. <laughs> you do. Because Jesus is building the church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. And we may not be there yet, but we're on our way. We're on our way. And he's purifying the church, a bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Wow.
1: But we have to remember the question you asked me,
0: and it is, what
1: precedes yeah. revival? Yeah. And it is Repentance. Every time Israel got in a jam and they were murdering mm. and killing and mm. and everything was happening, they repented, and God brought them to victory. Look at, I wouldn't have, I could not have been as merciful. Forty years and they could have made it in eight or nine days, out of uh, Egypt to 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 the Promised Land. They took forty years. Mm-hmm. God was long-suffering.
0: Repentance always precedes They had the their outpouring. revival. <laughs> Acts, 3, Acts 3 said, when Peter was preaching, he said, Repent of your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that place of repenting and really humbling ourselves, man, that's the key to God's power. You just gave the Peter package. Peter package. I call that Peter the Peter pack. package. <laughs> Repent be yeah. baptized
1: yeah. receive the holy ghost yeah at, at every church really really believes it but they they don't like it in the pentecostal explanations mm. it's just the spirit of god right coming in and jesus emptied himself and when he prayed for you and I and mm-hmm. all the people that are listening he said father i know you love them mm as much as you love me. Mm. I, I, I can't imagine that. Mm. Jesus loves me. Mm. God loves me. I, I, I know that what I think of myself at times. Mm. It isn't loving thoughts. Mm. But he loves me as much as he, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Mm. So, boy, he's been patient and long-suffering. And I tell everybody, you know, you want to know an attribute of God? Everybody do what I say. Put out your hands. It's far and just reach out mm. and see how long. He said all day long I've stretched out my hand mm. to a stiff <laughs> naked <laughs>
0: He's he's patient.
1: Yes. <laughs> he Hallelujah. Man. He's a patient God.
2: Yeah. Um I wanted to I, I, I just wanna mention something that, that I've been feeling I've, I've talk to you about this and I've shared this with a couple of couple of the people that are close to my age at Gateway but I think it's worth sharing the other uh, the other month maybe it was a couple months ago two months ago I was talking with my wife April about you know I'm the young adults pastor along with her and just looking at people that are in my generation And I was getting kind of frustrated, and I I guess discouraged. And I was just looking around and and going, man, where are all the millennials that are desperate for God, that are just so hungry for that? Because I I do see that wave of revival coming, and I know that I'm I'm gonna be one of the people that's that's helping to to bring in the harvest and helping to walk side by side with with new believers that come in. And sometimes, I'll just be honest. I I do look around and I go, "Man, who? Where are the people that are gonna be alongside me? <laughs> you know, in the ditch, like digging the trenches and and." Uh, and so I was talking through this with my wife and I was just telling her man I I feel I feel like you know we've we've sat and we've talked about the young adults ministry and the young people not just in Gateway but the church at large and we've had so many strategy meetings what's the right strategy we've had so many structure meetings well what's the right structure how do we reach how do we and and I'm all about structure. I'm all about strategy. I really love processes. I, I live to build that stuff. But I said to April in that moment, I'm kinda sick of those meetings. I feel like that's not it. I feel like I feel like I just I have to cry out to God. And it was like I had a revelation, a personal revelation in that moment that's what it is. That's what I have to do. We don't need a
0: better strategy. I don't need
2: another strategy. Or a
0: better logo. I
2: need to get on my face, and I need to cry out to God. Mm. And from that point on, I decided that once a week I was going to get just nothing else, have have a section of time where I'm just on my knees crying out to God for the young people at Gateway and the young people at the church at large, and it's like, and and I started doing that for a couple of weeks and then I thought man this is great I have like a room in the in the building that I just go in and I either just have my headphones on and I'm listening to worship man I'm just crying out to God and I thought this is so great I should invite more people on staff I should invite pastor John and I should invite my dad and I should invite pastor Chris and and we can all pray together and then and then I just kind of stopped myself and I said I thought you know Pastor Chris and Pastor John and my dad, they already know how to pray. They already know how to pray. I need, this has to be me and other young people. Mm. I have to dig out Mm. my own well, Mm. or it's not going to happen. Like young people, millennials, Gen Z, we have to dig out our own well, we have to get a burden, a desperation, right, right. a desperation for the power of God. Mm. Otherwise, otherwise that. And I'm not saying it, it. It's all reliant on me, or all reliant on on young people, or or whatever. But I want to be part of what God is going to do, and I want to see those things, and I don't want to hear about them at some other church in some other city in right. some other country do it here lord i yeah, yeah. my desperate cry is mm. god l- move here mm. let us see your power here and i think it's so so as you're talking about yeah. this stuff it's like you're totally are on to onto me.
1: something you're on to something very very uh, god given uh, thoughts because God expects you and me and all of his people to hunger and thirst Hmm. after righteousness, to hunger and thirst after seeing the world saved. You know, he says, for this purpose, the son of man Mm -hmm. was manifested for what? That the world be saved. We have got to get his his vision, mm-hmm. yeah, to see the lost saved, to see the millennials saved, to see the hippies saved. I, you know, I don't know how to speak hippie language. It's Calvary gospel. I was wanting Rolls Royces and, and Jaguars <laughs> driving up. I wanted lawyers and doctors, and here they come, barefooted, hippies, long. I mean, now some of them are, are in the ministry here in our church, and I want it see God wants everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You don't. So uh, I had to learn how to talk their language. They would say, "Hey, preach, lay some bread on me." I would run and get a loaf of bread. No, <laughs> I,
0: I, <laughs> I lay some bread on another me. Another language <laughs> was another language. <laughs> yeah. Does it? You know, I'm thinking about these phrases. Get desperate and get filled.
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: the these might be keys to ministry. These might be keys to a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit, a greater harvest, a greater revival. If we get desperate, how bad do we want it? Really, how bad do we want this? Yeah. Get desperate and... Get filled because if we're empty of the Holy Spirit or empty of His power, there will be no miracles, there will be no changed lives, there will be no souls. And at the end of the day, we want to see those souls. You know, I saw a quote from Spurgeon How valuable must a soul be, he said, that God would give everything to save one, mm. and Satan would do anything to stop him. Wow. The big battle, the big struggle is over. Souls. Yeah. And we need the Holy Spirit in the church today and we need that revival and we need that every generation, all people getting desperate and getting filled so we can get the people saved. What a great conversation, and there's more to come on the Gateway yeah, Leadership Podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, more to come in in the earth, right? Yeah. And more to come on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. Apostle Emmanuel, Candace Tracy, thank you for Praise sharing you. your yes, thoughts. Thank you. We, we love, love you. It. We
1: love you, David. You, you have uh, fulfilled the call of God, and he has put you step by step. First you were interned,
0: then— <laughs> You put up with a lot of...
1: No, no but, but see, the, the steps of a righteous man Amen. are ordered of the Lord. Yeah. And you stay, and here's Jordan now, your son. And it's a generational thing, three mm. generations right here. Amazing. And then your children, yeah. now they're going to... They love church. You see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. If they're part of it. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And uh, it, the best... Is yet to come. So good. And the Holy Spirit, you will see signs and wonders and miracles. You got that message, I think, last Sunday or whenever. The Holy Spirit is in you. And anything we can do without the Holy Spirit, it's not much of an accomplishment.
2: Mm. (laughs) That's so good. And actually, what we
1: can do with the Holy Spirit, wow.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. And I forgot to I forgot the whole the whole reason I brought up that that deep well thing and, and what God's been doing is because the other week you gave me a prophetic word and it was so it was so right on and confirming that I know God hears me and I know that He's you know pleased with Oh sure but but you saying that you basically said to me that that I was gonna go deeper and that and that that's new right. level you had
1: the well thing that's yeah.
2: right so taking wells so so for me to for me to kind of be going through that frustration and kind of have that personal revelation your word really really encouraged me on a on a different level that that I was that I was on the right track and that God was trying to push me to go deeper so thank you for that
0: I want to say to our audience, if you're a leader, if you're like Jordan, myself, and you want more, get ready to get desperate <laughs> and get filled yeah. and let God take you into miracles and let God take you into a deeper place. I think this is really the heart of this Conversation and Apostle C, I'm gonna ask you to pray for our audience okay. to go deeper. What Let we, me just give one
1: illustration. Up. Yes. The Queen of Sheba came all the way, mm-hmm. thousands of miles, to see the king to Solomon. Yeah, How man. much do we desire? Mm. Wow. And she said, Huh, the half has not been told. Now I'm gonna pray. Father, mm. we've just been through a series of teaching here at our church on deep and why you want it all. Every listener, every person now that's watching and listening, they have a hunger. Mm. They may not understand theology. They may not understand all the whys, but there's a deep inside of them that's calling. There's yeah. an emptiness inside. That needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And they don't know why they're miserable. They don't know why they're they're fearful. They don't know why. Just so much missing. And you're inviting them mm-hmm. today. I'm standing at the door. and knock. Open the door. Let me come in. Let me come and fill that void, that emptiness. Let me come and give you hope and give you faith and give you give. Let me do it. But I can't force my way in. I'm knocking through this uh, message and through the talking and the sharing. And you heard three people, or two or three, agree. We're in agreement for healing for you. Uh, We're in agreement that God will restore Mm -hmm. the joy that you lost, the peace that you lost, the Mm -hmm. finances that you lost, the marriage that's wrecked, the health that's gone. We are in agreement together Mm -hmm. the three of us plus all the people at gateway city church Mm -hmm. are praying because a revival is coming Mm -hmm. god is going to do great things and you are a part of it you are invited to come open your heart to him and say jesus come on in jesus i welcome you jesus i need you i don't know all the things yet that i should know Mm -hmm. but i do have a hunger i have a need and I have a desire, and Jesus will come in and take his abode and sit in you, in the throne that you let him sit on. He'll be king, he'll be Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Amen. Beautiful. Apostle C., thank you. Jordan, thank you. And to our listeners, we'll see you on the next exciting broadcast of the Gateway Leadership Podcast.
2: Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Kinnis-Tracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.